0: Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean Jacques Taylor, were two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going.
1: Welcome. It's nice to have you here.
0: And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, though? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 383, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled.
1: If not entertained.
0: And we will do that with you here. We've got some interesting words that you never really hear from a professional athlete. We also have the mass disappointment of the Dallas Stars. We will dive into all of this. But it all starts at the top with greening law man they make this thing happen as do all of our sponsors but greening law having worked with them hurt in a car accident coming up two years ago i wouldn't have had the first clue what to do other than the fact that i had to go to the emergency room that night they ran i had x-rays i had a brain scan i had a lot of stuff and i'm sitting here going this is insane this was not my fault and so I pick up the phone. I make the call to Greening Law. It's like, hey, I got to deal with these insurance companies, all this medical bills. And they, hey, you got a case, man. We'll take it from here. And then literally after that, all I heard was make sure you go to your doctor's appointments. We need to go get checked out over here, over here. Super easy. And they went to bat against the insurance companies. I, just a phenomenal experience with Greening Law.
1: Well, dude, we've told you for a long time, man, the, the, the beauty of Greening Law is that they walk you through this process, which Matt can tell you is long and tedious You know, oftentimes intimidating because you don't know what's going on. Well, they've been through it a million, trillion, gazillion times. And so they can tell you how to what to expect and what and they hold your hand through the process. And that's really what you want. Somebody to show you how to go through this. And somebody who's with you, riding for you, fighting for you, taking care of you, because, you know, the insurance company is taking care of your opponent in this in this case. And so if you've been involved in an accident or an incident, the best thing you can do. Pick up the phone, call 972-934-8900. Talk to someone on the green team and say, hey, here's my situation, here's what do you think. And then, as I like to say, hope like heck that they bring you on as a client.
0: Yes, indeed, because they go to bat for you, man. It's Robert Greening at Greening Law, 972-934-8900. Call him now, offices Dallas, Texas. So you never hear really any professional athletes say this, and you almost wonder, has Pat Mahomes, I should say Patrick Mahomes, screwed it for everybody coming forth because now everybody's going to point to Patrick Mahomes and go, well, if Patrick Mahomes can do it, why can't Dak? Why can't Joe Burrow? Why can't name your quarterback coming up for contract? And this was something that he said yesterday when he was asked about basically the idea that so many other quarterbacks have now passed him and are higher paid than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes basically said that he... Worries about legacy and winning rings more than money. Now, he did say at this moment, and then he (laughs) said, I've made enough money where I'll be set for the rest of my life. And of course, he originally signed that 10 year, $450 million contract. But you just very interesting to hear from somebody like that.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, but here's the deal everybody wants to do, everybody wants everybody to do what they would do. Knowing that I have yet to meet the person in the uh, you know regular world Who says, oh yeah, I'm going to turn down this raise And I don't want any more money because I want my company to thrive And, and have more profit um, And So to me it's always ridiculous It's everybody. This game is a finite game It's a finite period that you have to make money And we always say, well he's got more money he could ever spend Or more." who needs that much money Well, you know, I'm just asking You know i'm pretty sure mc hammer blew through two or three hundred million i'm sure mike tyson blew through two or three hundred million and before you go oh well they were they did all this wild and crazy stuff and it doesn't make any sense no let me tell you how you get broke real quick matt this is how you get broke all you have to do is um have a bad investment in real estate or something where you dumped a bunch of money um have irs problems get divorced uh when you know divorce rates 50 percent. get divorced and your fortune can disappear faster much faster than you think it can and so i'm all for people making as much as they make because they have individual talents and they're they're one percenters man nobody else in the world can do what they do so it is what it is uh the ceo of disney is gonna make what 40 50 60 million this year yeah yeah, he's going to make a ton. I mean, hell,
0: even Roger Goodell makes a ton of money. He makes $40 million a year now. I mean, think about that. He's he's one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the game. He's a commissioner.
1: I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to let you go, which is the NFL has brainwashed fans into thinking players are selfish for getting what they what they rightfully earn.
0: Yeah, and, and one of the really interesting things with Patrick Mahomes is is he, he understood very early on, and Dak does this too, but Patrick Mahomes has understood very early on. I mean, he signed the $450 million contract. He's invested in a lot of stuff. Like, like he owns and has some serious stock in Waterburger that is now expanding across the country. Right. He is a minority owner in the Kansas City Royals. He's a minority owner in Sporting KC, which is the MLS club there in Kansas City, Like He's diversified himself really, really. He's involved in Whoop, which is like Fitbit, and has a valuation of over $3 billion. Oh, my. Yeah, and so he's one of the athletes. I know Kevin Durant is tied up in that as well. And so one of the things that he's done is it's almost as if he's used football. And we've seen people do this. I mean, Magic Johnson might be the greatest example ever of using your ability to play sport, make the money you can, But then use that to get wealthy, not rich, like to jump into a realm of wealth. And Pat Mahomes seems like he's kind of like, I'm going to make my money. I'm going to and it makes sense because if you look at it and you look at it as I'm a businessman, it's better for my business if my team is really good and constantly competing and at the top of the NFL. And if I have to make a little less here for that to happen, great, because it enhances my Q score, so to speak, and I can make more in my other businesses that I am investing in long-term.
1: Oh, now See, the, he's in that, you know, that's the flip side of it. Let, let me tell you from just being around in NFL locker rooms for almost 30 years, that's not the case with most NFL players. Right. Now, here's something else you gotta take into account. Who's his dad? Pat Mahomes, former Major League Baseball player. So what does that mean? It means he grew up around money, and he probably has a father who said, hey, dog, let me tell you what not to do when you have money. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that happens when you grow up around money um, is it doesn't, it doesn't you, you're used to it, so you don't have to go out and have seven Lamborghinis because you just grew up around it, and you figure, oh, we have a nice house and four or five nice cars, and that's, that's it. I don't have to go floss and show everybody what i've got because i've i've had it since i'm a kid it's not new to me i'm used to it yeah i
0: I thought about that too and and i think that that also has a lot to do with it exactly what you just said because you think about how many dudes in the nfl who grew up extraordinarily poor extraordinarily poor that when they get that first big payday, they're gonna spend a lot of it and they end up going out and having to, you know, they buy, whether it's their mom, their dad, their whatevers and all their friends and they're spending money and taking care of all these people. Pavel Holmes
1: doesn't have to do that with anybody. Right, and so, you know, so I I think there's a benefit to that, but he's, you know, the approach that he's taking is great. And because of that approach, if he wants to be this generations, uh, and I'm doing air quotes here, uh, Tom Brady, Mm -hmm where he's taking a little less, fine. He's still making $45 million. Um, He's still making, you know, for the next few years um, because he's trying to get a team around. That's great. But most folks didn't grow up in that environment. Most folks want as much as they can get, which is fine to me. I don't have a problem with that because the owners, look what they're doing to the fans with the flex scheduling. Do you think they care? The owners are trying to yeah. get as much money. As they can get they don't care about fans And all of that so the, you know the players Are entitled to whatever they want And here's here's really my point If somebody like Pat Mahomes Wants to say hey you know what I want to take less or I'm good At 45 million I don't even need a raise Just extend my contract and guarantee it If he wants to do that That is fantastic bro My problem is when you criticize people Who don't want to do that Because they don't have to Okay <laughs> And they shouldn't have to be made to try to feel bad because they aren't. Yeah. And it's also, again, I mean, it it is
0: because it's easy to say, well, the Cowboys should give Dak a 10 year contract. And and then that way it averages out. And as time goes by, he's the 17th highest paid quarterback or whatever. You know, when you get roped into that, the danger that also becomes for the franchise (laughs) 10 year contract in football, man. And and yeah, you you think Pat Mahomes is great. He's going to be fine. Nothing will ever happen to him. What if something does happen to him and he has to retire at the age of 31? And then you've got when he would never officially retire because then you give up that money and you're paying this dude who can't pay play for four years. He's he's a 50 million dollar cap hit. There you go. Now, it's lower risk, probably, because you look there and you go, well, he doesn't have a history of injuries. and, And would there really be something that would make him not play again? Who knows? But it's always interesting to see it like this and the way that he kind of phrased that about legacy and rings, and you're, you're still making half a billion dollars. In <laughs> reality of it is, he, while we can say, well, he took less money, the Chiefs still couldn't figure out a way to get Tyree Kill happy. Right. You still, at some point, and this is what we talked about before with the Cowboys, at some point you have to decide, are we gonna pay four to five guys $20 million plus And then because we draft really, really well and we hit in like how we rip the Cowboys in free agency all the time because they don't make a splash, but they hit off the treasure pile, so to speak, at Walmart of other teams. That's great. You can do that. Or do you want to be the franchise that has, hey, we got Mahomes and we got a couple other dudes and then everybody else is going to be kind of in that five to ten million dollar range. But we can afford a couple more of those guys because Patrick took less.
1: Yeah, it's um. You know, you know this. And what you do is you raise a very interesting question, bro. Because check this out: fans will say, "Hey, he should take less." Well, just because you take less doesn't mean the team is going to make good decisions with what what I did with with what they're doing with less, or that they'll even spend it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now you assume the Chiefs will because the Chiefs are trying to win championships. But this conversation goes all around the league. In terms of um, in Cincinnati, the fan base will be a portion of it to be telling Joe Burrow, take less. Well, he works for the cheap ass Bengals. Is there any guarantee that if I take less, they're going to spend the money, you know, on, on getting players? or Are they going to try to to milk every player uh, who comes after me? And so I think it depends on your individual situation, it depends on your team situation, um, how you get down. Yeah, and reality of it is, and, and we brought this
0: up last year at the beginning of training camp, state of the team address out there in Oxnard. I mean, keep in mind, they're sitting up there joking about how they've got some dry powder and they've got plenty of room. They had $20 million in cap space last year at the beginning of training camp and they, and Dak got paid and they had $20 million in cap space. So just keep that in mind. It is in things like this. Everybody tends to think that, Oh, well, because Dak is making this much money, it hinders what the Cowboys can do. $20 20 million dollars in cap space. We've gone through this a gazillion times. They they could have kept Amari Cooper if they wanted to have kept him. Yeah. Easily. That had nothing to do with, oh, well, Dak got paid, so they had to they couldn't have all these guys. They wanted you to believe yeah. that because right. they don't want they don't want to act like, well, we're not using the entire cap. And then they get the training camp and they joke around like, hey, if these young guys don't work out, we got plenty of dry, dry powder there. We 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 can make some moves. Like, okay, well, why didn't you just keep Amari Cooper? <laughs> Right, right, right. You know, deflect, deflect, deflect. Oh, we got a great team. We like our young guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a joke. It was. Um, But they do that all
0: the time. I mean, this is not uncommon.
1: No. And so what happened is you have people like me and you to take you through the, um, you know, to read between the lines for you and tell you what's really up with them. Uh, So at least you have an understanding. You can make your own decision by whether, you know, you get down with, with what they're talking about.
0: Yeah, because... I don't know, man, and I should have tweeted this back out, but Andrew Brandt, who used to be a GM in, in the NFL, he wrote an article for Sports Illustrated last week that talked about the myth of the salary cap. Yeah. And it was really a, a solid article, but it's a lot of the stuff that you and I talk about and the reality of it being that the, the cal- it's so easy. When teams want to, it's you can massage the cap and do things and restructure almost into perpetuity, to to get done the things that you really want to get done now can you have a roster of 20 guys making 20 million dollars no but but i'm talking about these guys the cowboys identify they actually want assuming that none of them refuse to go get a vaccination they'll probably want they'll figure out a way to keep them around
1: Uh -uh, no doubt um and sometimes you have to make choices but the choices are really with the fringe guys like uh you know Connor Williams or yeah, Gregor. Yeah. It's it's not with the star players. With the star players, if you want them, they get done.
0: And though those guys are replaceable as we have seen. Yeah. But that's I mean just I, the way it is. I, I am a hundred percent convinced last year that Amari Cooper that pissed off Jerry Jones he that, did. and that he did not he didn't want to pay him that money because he didn't do what he wanted them to do. Like I think I think that they looked at that, the hierarchy looked at it and said this is what was required to be employed by us, and you didn't do that, so we're firing you essentially. True that. I really think that. I I, I think if, if Amari Cooper had gotten vaccinated and didn't miss a game because of that, I think he might still be a cowboy.
1: Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that, really. Uh, instead, they got all upset about it, right. made an emotional decision, hissy which, uh, which, which Hissy fit that's a good way, which ultimately hurt their team. Just Just so
0: silly so silly man but 12 and 5 and and you got to the playoffs so there we go that's all it takes to be the, <laughs> that's what the Cowboys do man 12 and 5 and then I mean it's the wildness of all that and, and really the illusion of the salary cap and I always think it's interesting because I'll have people be oh well the Cowboys can't do this because Dak got paid and I just go okay you're right Like it's just no. (laughs) Like I'm not going to sit here and try to explain to you how this really works because you obviously have no desire to learn. True debt. True debt. I mean, you can go around the league and look at how many teams have high-paid quarterbacks, and so do they suck also, or is it just the Cowboys? Bro, it's what we do. Exactly. That's that's that is how this thing works. So we will move forth here and some other things to get into here in a trip around the block, and we'll tell you. Of course, as I have been telling you guys, and you need to know this because May is running out, like I don't think people realize that the end of May is next Wednesday. Like, right. it's coming it's just a few days away, and then we're into June, and we all know it's going to be hot as essentially hell in Texas very, very quickly. That's why flow right. air heating and air exists through the month of May, they are offering you their yearly maintenance. For $99 per system instead of $169. You just got a few more days to schedule your yearly maintenance. You get a great deal on this. Flow Air Heating and Air. They're family owned. They're veteran owned and operated. They service the entire DFW area. They'll come out to your place. And they will service your AC unit and make sure you're ready to go for the hot summer months that are... are I mean, we are a few days away from those hot
1: summer months. <laughs> just a few, brother. Not many. Uh, And and here's the deal about it man I think what you got to understand With your air conditioning is It's been running on chill mode right now Literally, I like that little pun there But it's about to get cranked up man It's about to run hot It's about to run long Because you know what's going on With these temperatures coming up And if you're not prepared for that bro Woo, woe unto you (laughs) And so to me You've got to get prepared for it And the best way to do that Is have your system treated right now and um, go in there and let Floyer do their thing, man. Get the maintenance, get the preventative maintenance. I, I keep telling you all this because it's true. My mom used to tell me before we go on the long road trip, make sure you get your hoses checked in your car. And I do that to this day. And the same thing is true about your air conditioner. Before the long, hot summer begins, right now is the time to get your air conditioner checked. Not later, right now, before that 100-degree temperatures hit, is the time to get it checked, bro. So give air a call and let them do their thing make it happen i'm telling you because that is a phenomenal deal 99
0: dollars per system it's flow air heating and air they service it all man they will do it all and they provide that 24 hour seven days a week emergency service you can call them you can text them it's flow air heating and air 817-808-4115 817-808-4115 so give them a call support them because they're supporting us and we're glad they're a part of what we're doing. Also, of course, Bruce Biltong, man. You like beef jerky? Cool. You will love Biltong because it's better. It's tender. It's succulent. It's tasty. Zero sugar. No artificial ingredients. 30 grams of protein and just two ounces of this stuff, man. It is a snack. I guess they first started coming on the podcast close to a year ago. And right. I'd never had it before in my life. I was like, all right, well, I'll try this and see what it's like. Holy crap. Cause he told me, he's like, do you like beef jerky? He's like, yeah, I like beef jerky. He's like, okay. He's like, eat this and you'll, you'll think it's better. I was like, yeah, we'll see. So he sends me some and I eat it. I'm like, yep, sure do. (laughs) This is, and now it's like a snack. I order it all the time myself because it is such a healthy lean snack and I really enjoy eating it. It's hard to put it down, man. It is fantastic.
1: Oh no, bro! I, I get it and I understand it and I think that it's uh it's great. I love the sliced biltong and Matt hit it right on the head. It's the fact that it's juicy, man. It's not it's not like jerky that gets stuck in your teeth because it's it's uh you know it's got no juice to it at all. It's like getting a piece of cardboard. Beef jerky is like cardboard. Biltong now that's a whole different experience, man. and It comes in a bunch of different ways. You got the slice, you got the slab. I just tell y'all, put it in your mouth. It almost melts. How about that? Whoever heard of something in a jerky category melting? But that's what Biltong does, man. And, you know, if you like butt, it's great because it comes from an animal's buttocks. That's they true. dry it out, and it's delicious.
0: It is very tasty, and you get it for 15% off. It's Brews Biltong, B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G, com. Promo code JAM15 at checkout to get your discount. So as a trip around the block, we are going to start it off. Today, as we record this, is May 25th. Today, now all of you will be listening to this and it will already have happened, but today is my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. Wow. 50 years for Tim and Tracy McLaren, which is just, and they're not really making a big deal out of it, which is wild to me because having previously been married and divorced, to see their life, they got married when they were twenty years old in nineteen seventy three They met when they were sixteen, and they have been together ever since three kids, a couple of grandkids now and what a life man and and i it's they've been such an inspiration to me and such a model for what marriage and what love can be. It's just incredible in this day and age when it feels like it's it's becoming harder and harder to stay married. <laughs> And to be with anybody, the, the fact that you've got 50 years just blows my mind, man.
1: Just blows my mind. Well, how do they do it?
0: That's a very good question. In my, in, in my estimation, I think it's just communi- I think it's just honestly, because everybody will say it's communication and it's trusting and it's all this. I, I think it's want to. I think they just decided we're going to be married. And really, it, and I've learned this over the years. I think it's a choice. You know, at some point, marriage and love becomes a choice to do the things that it takes to make that marriage successful. Right. And you get to choose. And it's not necessarily anything on the side or anything like what it could be. I'm going to choose that. I'm going to fight on this bullshit little thing. And now we're all going to be pissed off. We don't want to be around each other or I'm going to choose to let this go. I'm going to choose to do this to support my spouse or I'm not. I'm going to choose to respond to this nude picture that some girl sent me or I'm not you know what I mean I mean there's all like you get to make these choices and I think at the end of the day when you choose I'm going to love this person even when I feel like I don't love them right and we're gonna fight and we're gonna go through life and they're my life partner I think that that's what it is you choose that this is the path that you're going to be for each other
1: I like that I mean as I get older um you know and you you contemplate all these things I think that's that's ultimately what it is. It's it's choices that you make about what to make a big deal out of, about what to let slide, about what to ask somebody about. And, and you know, you as you get older, you understand that, you know, it's just is it really worth that or can I live with that? <laughs> yeah. You know, because everybody does stuff that gets on your nerves at some right. point. Uh, there's no perfect person and everybody. Some people, I mean, you, you know, I wake up in a funky mood sometimes. You wake up in a funky mood sometimes. No doubt. Uh, your other person wakes up in a weird mood sometimes. And so you just learn to to go with it and understand that, uh, you know, I'm making choices to stay here. And, yeah, you know, I, th- I think choice is the best word uh, because much of life is just that. You just make a choice to do something and you decide to go. M- no different than uh, as it relates to us, you know, we make choices to work out. You know, for whatever reason, stay healthy or you just like working out or whatever. But we make a choice to do that, you know, and so you make other choices in your life, too. Yeah, man. And, and you know, to see
0: it, And obviously, I think as children growing up, you know, my dad worked hard and we had a, a very solid life. You know, my mom was home with us and we I, I had a great childhood. I love my childhood. I thought they did a phenomenal job raising us. And it's interesting to see as a, as a kid, you look at your parents, at least I did. And I thought, man, these are larger than life figures. These are, I mean, they, they're perfect. Right. And then of course you get older and you realize, well, they weren't, you know, and as you become a parent, you realize as looking back as a child, the child doesn't really know what's going on most of the time. Right. You know, you don't expose your child, hopefully to most of what you're going through as an adult you know, so that they can have a childhood. And, and as they get older, you probably fill them in a little bit more on, hey, you know, real world shit is this and this. And, right. you know, and I just think it's interesting having gotten older and knowing now, you know, some of the things my parents have been through and whatnot and just the choices that they made to continue to fight with each other and fight for each other. And, I mean, just... You know a great love, and my mom. I mean, you've been around my mom and dad. My mom and dad to this day and age are the type. I mean, they will kiss in front of people. They will. Their song is "Brown Eyed Girl" from Van Morrison from when they were in high school, I guess. Right. You know, and that song will come on. You'll be out, and they'll just get up and start dancing together. <laughs> I mean, they they have a a love that is uh, admirable to say the least. And fifty years of marriage is it's it's amazing, man. Congratulations. I know my mom listens to the podcast and. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible to see 50 years of marriage. Hell yeah, it is. And it's interesting too, because I don't know, maybe this, that generation, like my mom's sister who passed away a year ago, her and her husband were married over 50 years. You know, my grandparents were married over 50 years. My aunt and uncle, my dad's sister and her husband have been married over 50 years. And it's just wild to think like all these people that have been married for so long. (laughs) I don't know. It's just different in my experience, I guess. So congrats. So the other thing that I have is, and I'm sure by now, most people are fully well aware of this because it happened on Wednesday. But the queen of rock and roll, Tina Turner, passed away on Wednesday at the age of 83 years old. Were you a Tina Turner
1: fan? Well, let me put it like this: uh, not really from a musical standpoint, but I had the utmost of respect from her from a musical standpoint. And as uh, soon as I heard she died, we sat up there and we watched uh, "What's Love Got to Do with It" yesterday afternoon.
0: The movie from the early nineties. Yeah, that was Lawrence Fishburne, right?
1: Uh yeah. He, I mean, he did the damn thing and roll. So did she. I mean. It was, uh, it was one of terrific movies, uh, but just, you know, that was my that was my way of paying homage to her uh, because obviously, I mean, she's just a terrific musician, but uh, just the life that she led and how she overcame that. And ultimately, if you watch the movie or if you know the story, ultimately, she just bet on herself. She's like, you know what, Doug? I'm not finna fight with you over all this stuff. You can have every single solitary thing except my name. I'll take my name and do this thing again, bigger and better. And that's what she did. And so who can't respect that?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, yes. And I will say, I know she got famous off of her cover of Proud Mary. Personally, I always preferred the CCR version, but I mean, <laughs> that's just me. But man, and I this is probably lame, but what's love got to do with it? The song That song, when it, even if it came on now, I would, you can get down to what's love got to do with it, man. (laughs) That's a great song. It is. It's a great song. And then what's the other one? Simply the Best is a great song. We Don't Need Another Hero. That's another one she did. Like for me, I mean, obviously I wasn't alive when she made her debut and she was doing like Proud Mary and all that. I, I wasn't alive for all that. But in the 80s, man, when she came out with that stuff, I mean, some of that stuff, to me, it still hits.
1: Oh, no, I don't think there's any doubt about that, bro. Uh, so, no, she's uh, she's terrific. She's an icon. She deserves all the plaudits and all the flowers she's getting now. And thankfully, she got a lot of them before she died. Um, and I think the reason it, like, some people die and you go, oh, okay. You know, because you heard about them being sick or whatever. Yeah. But uh, with her living in Switzerland, and I think she's lived there for the last 20, 25 years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she just got so filled with the US, she was like, you know what, I'm out. I ain't never coming back. Um, that you don't get a lot of news about her. And so like, I, you know, I, you know, as I'm a journalist, so curiosity is just built in me. So I was, I was all sad when she died. I could, just couldn't really figure out why, other than she's just an icon. And then I, I went and uh, I kept Googling until I looked it up and finally saw the, uh, I got the New York Times obit, which I knew at least would be pretty complete. And it mm-hmm. said that, she, see, I didn't even realize she had a stroke a few years ago. Yeah, apparently. And then yeah. she she had some, uh, some kidney issues. And so, you know, ultimately that's probably uh, what got her the combination of all of that. But, uh, you know, Tina Turner, wow, what a legend. 83, and so, uh, you know, who can't respect that? Yeah, man,
0: totally. And it's, I didn't know that thing about Switzerland until I was reading about her yesterday. And and she apparently, she renounced and relinquished her U.S. citizenship. And it was a, like, no longer considered a U.S. citizen. In 2013, she took the Swiss citizenship test, which is an advanced knowledge of German, which is the official language in Zurich and like all the Swiss history and stuff and became a citizen of Switzerland and relinquished her US citizenship, which is wild. So for the last 10 years of her life, she was not a US citizen. I did not know that.
1: No, I didn't realize she went that far. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But you know what, man? Ike did so much stuff to her. That was probably her way of cleansing herself from all of that.
0: So let me ask, like back in the day, was she hot?
1: Yeah, incredibly. I was going to say cuz uh, I see
0: a picture of her from like the 70s and it no, looks okay, like she me, had it
1: going on, man. Let me uh let me show let me send you something. Uh let me see if I can find it very quickly. Yeah, I'm finna send this to you right now. And you can you can judge for yourself cuz some of those you know because in my life she was older, obviously. No, check this out. She's probably about 30 right here. Okay. Oh, yeah, Angela Bassett played her in the movie.
0: I forgot about that. She knocked yeah. that out, dude. No, she crushed it. She. So didn't yeah, get this right.
1: Her? I just sent Matt a clip. Yep, sure did. I pulled it off of Twitter of Cher and Tina Turner performing. Oh, dang. In 1975.
0: Yeah, because Cher had a little something going on back in the day.
1: Yeah, but oh, uh, yeah, look okay, at yeah. it right there.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. See, that's the thing with these ones, like, like Stevie Nicks. Like, if you go back and look at her when she was younger, she was smoking. But obviously now, like, I don't know. I mean, how would I know them? I was not even born in, when this little clip was a thing.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So you become like, oh, well, Sharon and Tina Turner and all of them are old people. <laughs> you know what I mean? When really, obviously, there was a time of life where they, I mean, they were crushing it, man. God, yeah, Tina Turner. man. I,
1: man. Yeah, so right there, she's 31. So, yeah, she looks fantastic.
0: Yeah, it was crazy because I just looked at it. I was like, man, I swear that Angela Bassett got nominated, and she did. She was nominated for Best Actress that year at the Oscars uh, but didn't win.
1: I mean, I don't know if uh, Fishburne got nominated, but he was just as good as she was. I mean, man. Lawrence Fishburne, I mean,
0: Bassett and Fishburne can rock it, man. <laughs> I love Lawrence Fishburne. Like he, that dude is, is in a lot of really good movies in some very, very good roles. Uh, very yeah. good roles. He was nominated for Best Actor. But it, I, he lost to Tom Hanks, who won that year for Philadelphia, and it's, I can't disagree with that.
1: Sometimes you just come up in a bad year. Yeah.
0: So it didn't get nominated <laughs> for Best Picture, but it got Best Actor and Best Actress nominations. See, now I could say, that Angela Bassett should have won over Holly Hunter, who won for the piano that year. Yes, you could say that. Yeah, there was... Okay, yeah, because Tommy Lee Jones won for The Fugitive, and I always thought that was a cheesy-ass Oscar to give, especially with some of the others that were nominated that year, but whatever. What year was it? That would be the movies that came out in 1993, so Schindler's List won for Best Picture, and Spielberg won for Best Director. Yeah, that was the year Anna Paquin won for Best Supporting Actress, which is a joke that a... 11 year old won a freaking oscar so stupid (laughs) kids can't act man they mimic they're told by the director do this and they mimic what the director tells them to do they don't have any range of emotion to act with
1: is that because they
0: they're just not old enough correct like what the hell what did anna paquin go through by the time she was 11 that led her to be able to pull that shit out you know what i mean none nothing The director was like, no, 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 do this. And the little kid goes, oh, I can mimic you. And they gave her a freaking Oscar for it. Ridiculous. This is from the theater major. That's just how I feel. (laughs) I'm just saying, man, like when I was in high school, I won awards and stuff. And and there were certain roles. I I was like, how do I play this role? I don't know what I'm not a father. I don't know. I just got to repeat what I've seen other people do. I have no experience to bring to this. All right. I'm just saying. That's my soapbox about that. (laughs) I don't know what it is about kid actors, man. I mean, they're just they're mimicking. Now, look, obviously, at a certain point, like if you get up to being your teenage years and stuff, and you've experienced some things, and you start actually having changing of emotions and all that, I get it. But very few kids at ten or eleven know how to express emotion in depth. It's just reality. All right. And I don't need people to tweet at me like, well, I was 10. I had gone through this. Okay. <laughs> and guess how you knew how to express it? Because somebody said, oh, you're sad. Do this. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> so Tina Turner, 83 years old. Oh, all right. So we move forward here and I'll throw this out for you. And that, of course, is are phenomenal, phenomenal friends at Smokey John's Barbecue. It just does not get any better. As a matter of fact, I'm hoping, because I'll be in town in Dallas for a few days and hopefully I've got time where I can make it happen, swing by Smokey John's and grab that jam session bowl because when you don't get to have it very often or even if you're like Jacques and you can have it whenever you want, it's so hard knowing that that menu item exists, that it was created just for us to not swing over there and enjoy a jam session
1: bowl. Bro, it's phenomenal. It's the standard by which all things like this are judged by. Yep. That's because they give you this big old bowl and at the bottom of it, they either put in a bunch of mashed potatoes or a bunch of macaroni and cheese. And then you get to pick two out of five smoked meats and they're all delicious. It's just a matter of what you like to rock with. Um, I usually rock with the brisket and the sausage. I love, I've been known to do the brisket and the chicken, too. You notice brisket is kind of like the standard. And then, man, they put all that stuff you put on the baked potato on top of it. Like literally all that stuff. Chives yeah. and butter mm. and sour cream. It's, um, you know, and bacon bits. Dude, it's just phenomenal, man. And yes, then, sir. depending on how you like to get down, they either drizzle some of that sweet um, Smokey John's barbecue sauce over it or they just drench it. You can tell them what to do. And then, man, if you are like me, I've never told anybody this publicly. Ooh. When you sit down, once you're at home or at your at the restaurant, then you stir it all up, bro, and you mix it all up. You just don't dig in and start. Di- no, you mix that thing all up so you get a little bit of taste of everything and every bite. Ha ah, it's orgasmic. Yes, I said it. <laughs>
0: That's it. it <laughs> yes, you see. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I
1: did. No, I mean, it, it makes, I, I, I mean, who doesn't want that? Somewhere Brent and Juan had just got their eyes closed. Like, I can't believe he said that. And yet it's true. Brent, Juan, it's true. I said it.
0: It's true, man. It's Smokey John's barbecue. You can't, you're not going to find any better. You're really not. Cause they are phenomenal. They're local. It's a family owned place. They've been around for over 40 years. It's over there off Mockingbird. So swing by. And when you walk in, you're like, Oh, oh, oh uh, do you, is it the jam session bowl? And they're like, Oh yeah, we got you. (laughs) And then everybody will look at you and go, what did you just order? What is that? And then you'll make friends. You didn't even know you had bruh. That's how it works, man. Jam session bowl. Check it out at Smokey John's. Also our buddy, Aaron and his guys at HFX foundation solutions. They do it all, man, a full service foundation repair company. They service the entire DFW area. And it's not just see foundation isn't just about the slab and whatnot under your home, or your pier and beam or what have you. It's about the drainage on your property. It's about making right. sure you have gutters installed and that the rain and the water that is landing on your roof is not just puddling up around your house. They can handle all that type of stuff for you. If you don't have gutters, that's step one right there. And they can handle that for you. But we're about to go through, as we talked earlier, the hot summer months. They, that wreaks havoc on North Texas foundations. Make sure that you're good to go. It's a free inspection. If you've noticed cracks in the walls, the floors, sticking doors, you start thinking, man, what is going on with their floor right there? Call immediately. HFX Foundation Solutions.
1: Have them come out. Bro, that's really the best thing you can do because what you want is peace of mind. And HFX can give you peace of mind. And Here's how they do it. They go in and they check your house up. They check all the places that you can't see all the nooks and the cranes that you can't see they go check out the bowels of your house, as i like to call it and see what's up man and then they come back and they say hey either they give you a clean bill of health or they say hey we got a problem chances are if they sell tell you that they find it early But that's what you have them out there for and we all know that if you find something early rather than late it's usually a fraction of the cost but either way you got peace of mind because now you can go about the business getting it fixed And to me, that's what you want. You want peace of mind when it comes to your crib. Easy to do.
0: 817 770 0174. It's HFX Foundation Solutions. So give them a call if you feel like you got a problem or check them out online at hfxfoundation.com. So the Dallas Stars, we are recording this before game four, but it doesn't matter because the Dallas Stars are done. They decided they wanted to be done. As they got their ass kicked, and I will say this, I've been watching Stars hockey since they arrived in Dallas in the early 90s. I couldn't even, I've been to hundreds of games, literally. I've watched, I would probably guess, thousands of Stars games over the years. What we saw in game three on Tuesday night, the only other time I can remember feeling that way might have been the game, what was that, the, the loss, was that a game seven loss in twenty. 16 when the Blues just wiped them off the
1: ice. Six to one.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, you're like, what the hell is this? What they did on Tuesday night was about as embarrassing of a loss as I can ever recall suffering as a Dallas Stars fan.
1: Okay, I get that. It was, uh, it was to me, it was, um, I was, it was shocking. I think that's the term for it. Because here's the deal, bro. I got home a little late that day. I'm checking my phone, I'm about to get in the house and turn the game on, and I, I go, how can it be three to nothing? And it was like, you know, 12 or eight minutes left in the first period. And then I go back and I start backtracking, trying to find some highlights, and I'm looking on Twitter to figure out what happened. And then when I see the play from Ben, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? There's a time and place for everything, and that was neither, my brother. That was the
0: disheartening thing is Vegas scores like in a minute and some change into the game, and you're already just slumped down going, Oh my God. But it's so quick early on. You go, okay, just rebound, it's gonna be fine. You can get back into this thing, no big deal. And then Ben does that. And it 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 was blatant, it was obvious. There's no defense for it. It was an asinine, stupid ass penalty. With intent, he did it intentionally, and I knew immediately when I saw it in real time. I go, Well, he just got tossed
1: (laughs) now. See, you got to put a little, you got to take a very quick exit ramp. Do you know how hard it is to get tossed in an NHL playoff game? I mean, it's hard enough to get a penalty call, yeah, but to get tossed because they're not looking to toss you, you have to do something so egregious, so outrageous, so over the top that you basically give them no choice but to toss you. And that's what he did. So for those that didn't see it and don't know,
0: Jamie Ben and Matt Stone, who is the captain of the Golden Knights, were at about center ice on the boards, and Ben checks Stone. He falls to the ice and loses his stick. Ben then drops down and cross-checks him in the— tries to cross-check him in the head— I think he ended up cross checking him in the jaw or the neck while Stone is laying on the ice with no way to defend himself. And you, I mean, the replay, I saw it in real time and on the replays as I, like, I mean, this is, I, he's done. And sure enough, it's a five minute major penalty and a game misconduct. Jamie Benn, uh, two minutes into the game, is gone for the rest of the game. And when that happens, what that means is in hockey, you, you don't have anyone else. There's no sub. There's no guy in the bench. who's like, oh, I'll take a spot. You dress 12 forwards in hockey, four lines of three. If one of those right. forwards like Jamie Benn, your captain, gets ejected from the game, you are now skating with 11 forwards, which means your line rotations are screwed up. Somebody has to double shift. You lose your best face off guy and you lose one of the members of your top power play unit right off the bat to start the game with. The, the yeah. dumbest, stupidest, most asinine penalty, and to be the captain and take a penalty like that, like, that's the type of thing that makes you, and this is just a reactionary one-game thought, where you walk into the locker room afterwards and rip the C off of his chest and go, not anymore, dude. Now, obviously, he really? has years of leadership to back that up, but that, that was such an egregious, boneheaded, dumbass thing to do.
1: And then then you don't offer any explanation
0: no and then he refuses to talk to the media after the game and even when he spoke to the media on Wednesday he didn't apologize he he was like oh it was an unfortunate incident I was trying to you know I was off no you weren't <laughs> off balance is when like if he had just landed with his stick on the head I okay he thrusted the stick down from a he was on his knees. And he pulled his stick up and then thrusted it down. He intentionally tried to check this dude in the head with his Bro. stick. Yeah. It's, it's And he's been suspended for two games now, rightfully so. He will miss the end of the star season because it's probably going to end in game four.
1: It's all a shocking. I mean, this is all just a shocking turn of events. Uh, they were two minutes away from it being from the series being 1-1 coming back to Dallas. Yeah. And then they scored with like a minute fifty-eight. They scored less than two minutes in overtime. Then they scored a minute into the game, into game four, and that thing was over uh, six minutes later. <laughs> it's just wild, bro. Yeah, when when it, it it when Ben did that, it it zapped
0: the entire team. Like they were done when that happened. It because it was only one to nothing. Right. And think then very that, quickly bro. became 3 nothing, And you could think just tell they had nothing. Their captain was gone. Their leader was gone. The guy they looked to on the ice in these situations was gone, and they had nothing.
1: Yeah, they were shell-shocked like everybody else. But think about the number, the minutes of ice time it took for this series to be over. I mean, it's really like about six or seven minutes of ice time yeah. in this the series was over. From a highly competitive, like like I really wasn't tripping when they were down 0-2 because, oh, it's a couple of overtime games. You did everything but beat them in game two all right you're a really talented team you'll come back and get three and then we'll see what happens in four and now we're talking about wow they went from that to uh probably gonna get swept at the crib
0: yeah <laughs> how wild did. is that you know ottinger was not good uh, and they, i mean they yanked him very very quickly i mean you knew halfway through the first period of game three on home ice this game is over and then Dodonoff gets hurt early, late in the first period and he doesn't come back. And so because Ben had been tossed, the, the Stars skated two entire periods of that game with 10 out of their 12 forwards.
1: Yes, so a lot of hefty lifting for the guys who remained. And so then yeah. that,
0: that trash that happened at the end of the second period, if you're a Stars fan and you were there participating in that, you should be ashamed of yourself. What a joke that was. When, when yeah, no Domi in the corner gets in... And then Domi's like, you know what? F this. I want to get tossed now. And he cross-checks a guy from behind and then decides while they stand up, he's just going to drop a stick and start punching him in the face. <laughs> so he gets a misconduct. So the Stars played an entire 20 minutes of that game, the entire third period with nine forwards. So they, mm. they, they only had three lines. I mean, it was such a joke. And then Stars fans... Because of the frustration of the entire game and the letdown and the anger of what they are watching, they decide let's throw shit on the ice, and they're they're bombarding the ice with drinks and popcorn and all kinds of stuff. And I I've been or was listening to people that were there. My brother Mark was at the game, and it was coming from the upper level. A lot of it didn't even make the ice and was landing and hitting fans in the lower level. Like all what, of that's dumb. Just what are, are you doing?
1: Stuff on the ice, man. What do you think that does? No, if you're, if you're mad, boo. That's what, that's what boos are for. They're to voice your displeasure with the home team or, or some individual. So if that's, if that's what's upsetting you, then by all means, let that out, bro. But this other stuff, that's a joke. It is a joke, and,
0: and it's extremely frustrating. And, again, because it's not just you. You think, oh, I'm going to throw it on the team. And, you know, so some guy in the lower level that's there with his kid just got doused with a beer and some popcorn because you're an asshole. Right, right. I mean, I just, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. When that, I turned it off. I was done.
1: Wow.
0: I was like, I'm not watching this shit. I didn't even watch the third period. Whoa. I was like, I, you know what? I'm, I, I'm not, I'm out on this. I don't want anything to do with this. They, it's uh, This game is over. It is done. And it was. They lose 4 nothing, and they're going to get swept. Jeez. I'd be shocked if they win game four
1: yeah i would too i mean i think uh i think they're i think the reality of it is and i'm surprised by this but i think the reality of it is they got their heart snatched when they scored with a minute 58 left in game two they did it it crushed them and i'm surprised by it and maybe it's because we keep saying they got these young guys and young talent but maybe it's the youth on the team that couldn't overcome it because we also said oh they got you know pavelski they got ben they got veterans but i, I really upon hindsight now i think that that goal with 158, the mistake by Suter, which led to the goal, basically snatched their soul at that particular moment. Yep.
0: It completely did. And, and that was it. That was, the, that was the moment the Dallas Stars season ended. And it's, it's frustrating. But we'll regroup and, and we'll revisit in a week or so when we come back and we'll, we'll let you guys know, but... By the way, we should probably mention that we're not going to have a podcast uh, for a couple days next week. I'll be traveling. It's Memorial Day weekend. We're going to enjoy the holiday. So, everybody, enjoy the holiday. There will not be a podcast next Monday or next Wednesday. So, we should be able to get one busted out a week from now, next Friday, which would be, I believe, June 2nd, next Friday. So, this will be our final podcast of May. So, everybody, just be well aware of that. We are not going anywhere, we will be back but we are taking some time off. Now, that being said, the other thing, the Florida Panthers got the damn thing done. They swept the Carolina Hurricanes. They scored a game-winning goal in game four of their series to sweep with 4.9 seconds left, and the eighth-seeded Panthers are going to their first Stanley Cup final since 1996. Feeling good about themselves. Man. (laughs) Unbelievable, bro. I don't even know. They were down three games to one to the best team that hockey has ever seen in the regular season in the first round. And now they're going to the Stanley Cup and they just swept the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Carolina, halfway through the season, everybody, you would have said Carolina was the best team in hockey halfway through the season. And they, they were the two seed in the East and they swept them. I mean, I don't know. All I know is
1: the Bruins are rooting hard for
0: them. I'll tell you. So there, we are going to see a first-time Stanley Cup winner because the Panthers or the Golden Knights are going to win this thing. And Vegas, if they win the Cup, that will be the fastest that any expansion franchise has ever won a Stanley Cup. Because they're like four in four their, years, they're six. This is their sixth. No, year. they've been
1: around six. I didn't yeah. even realize they've been around six.
0: Yeah, the fastest that we've ever seen it done was the Philadelphia Flyers who won it in this. I forget exactly what you're like 73, 74 seven years after they had joined the nhl as an expansion team wow so vegas and vegas will again no surprise to the florida panthers they don't care vegas will be the favorite vegas will be picked to win and florida will go we beat boston we beat carolina who the hell what okay yeah, i mean it i won't I, be no
1: fear factor no
0: at this point why not florida Jeez, man god i wonder what the odds were on Florida to win the cup at the beginning of the playoffs that some dude bet on it is going to get loaded. (laughs) Absolutely. Cause they, out of the 16 teams in the playoffs, they would have had by far the worst odds to win the cup by far, not even close. I bet they were like plus 5,000 or something. You bet a dollar, you win $5,000. It's crazy. So the other thing I wanted to throw out is the Rangers who took two out of three, man, and they just keep winning series. And they are now, as we record this, 31-18. and They got a three-game lead in the West. And, I mean, I I know we talk about it, and everybody knows the situation and everything that's going on, but to see this team less than a week away from exiting May and still be in lead in the division, technically they have the third-best record in all of baseball behind Tampa and Baltimore, They've been playing really, really good. But what's nuts is, and I I mean, nobody would have known this unless Evan Grant had looked it up or, you know, one of those cool stats. Right. In the final game against Pittsburgh on Wednesday, they got the apparently the most difficult save that has ever happened in Rangers history by Will Smith. And I was trying to find the exact, like how they determine that.
1: It's buried in that story somewhere.
0: Yeah, because it's a a wild ass, let's see.
1: Like he basically came, while you're looking that up, he basically came uh, on with one out, and the bases loaded, and a one run lead.
0: Yes, in the eighth inning. So he had to get five outs, so that's what it was. And so apparently, according to baseball reference, This is known as win probability added, which tries to provide context for how much a player contributed to a game. So 0.59 is what his was. So his five outs are worth essentially 60% of the win, which is the highest in a save ever in Texas Rangers history. The previous highest was 0.53 by Jim Kern back in 1979. And as a matter of fact, there had only been 10 previous saves in club history with a WPA of 0.5 or higher. And none of them in the last 30 years because nobody pitches more than an inning anymore. True, true, true. So the fact that he came in in the situation he came in and got five outs, it was the highest win probability added of any save ever in the history of this Rangers
1: franchise. And part of the reason he could do that was he hadn't pitched in so so long because... They're either blowing people out or um, the middle relievers blow it before it gets to the closer. So yeah. he doesn't have a chance to close, which is a weird thing. And so let me tell you something, bro. The way this bullpen is right now. Oh, that won't be his first save of more than an inning.
0: No, it won't. And to have him because at three 2 yesterday when they had the bases loaded, you just sit here and you go up oh, so much for the Rangers winning this game. And then they shut it down, man. And Ivaldi was amazing on Tuesday. Martin Perez went seven and was fantastic on Wednesday. And the Rangers just keep finding ways to get this done, despite the fact they're carrying a colostomy bag for a bullpen along
1: with them. Wow. But you know what, bro? The, the reality is they have one of the best rotations in baseball and they got one of the best offenses in baseball. And that's why they're doing what they do, dude. And they are doing this. And Jacob deGrom hasn't pitched in like a month. Yeah. And don't forget. Corey Seager was out for a month.
0: I mean, like two of their best players, their best pitcher, and one in one of their top two or three players in the lineup, in, in their thirteen games over five hundred.
1: Like, bro, have you missed Mitch Garner? And he's, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's supposed to be a big part of the offense. You haven't even missed him, and he's been gone for a month.
0: I mean, they, they they've they're fourteen and seven in the month of May in the last twenty
1: one games. It's incredible. Which is, which is funny because the reason why they're fourteen and seven. So what Matt just said. They just keep winning series. And, uh, you know, it's not sexy, but uh baseball managers and baseball people have talked about it forever. Just win series and everything else takes care of itself. Yeah. Because if you're going to win two out of every three or three out of every four, you're just going to be in good shape. I mean, it's just impossible not to be. Yeah, and, and again,
0: DeGrom has not pitched in the month of May, and he's not going to pitch in the month of May. and And that's incredible now. If you get a chance, hopefully, if you're a Ranger fan, you'll get a chance to watch some of this this weekend. They are on the road in Baltimore. Who Baltimore has a, is one game ahead of them in record. Baltimore is really really good. They're 32 and 17. Baltimore sucking for a long time. It's almost like how the Astros sucked for a while. Baltimore got a lot of high draft picks. Their farm system was loaded, and now all those guys are finally starting to come around for Baltimore. It's not a fluke. Baltimore is a good baseball team, and this is going to be a really interesting series this weekend as a gauge of, okay, they played Atlanta. That was a gauge of perhaps where the Rangers were. They blew a couple of games against Atlanta, and now you get a chance against another one of the best teams in baseball on the road at Baltimore, and then after that, they'll be on the road at Detroit, who sucks, so
1: yeah um i'm trying to remember it seemed like baltimore beat them up pretty good early in the year uh it's after they got off to that good start and then um i think you know i think baltimore seemed like baltimore won two out of three or swept yeah them or yeah something they went two like out of three that. yeah all right so yeah let's see and because i was at the time i was like i thought baltimore sucked and dude you know because i don't pay much attention to the baseball standings outside of the rangers no, Baltimore looked the other. I wouldn't looked look up the other day and they were 31 and 16. I said, "Oh my." Yeah, they they're good. <laughs> I need to put some respect on their name.
0: Yeah, so Baltimore and that was the like eight, that was April 3rd through 5th, so the very beginning of the year. They beat Texas 2-0, 7 to 2, and then Texas beat them with DeGrom on the hill 5 to 2 in the final game of that series, but I mean, this okay, is an it wasn't Orioles quite team as bad as I thought. This. No, no, it wasn't like they got blown out or anything, but this is a baltimore team that's got some young dudes they got a bunch of guys in their 20s as a matter of fact i think they may only have like one or two guys that are older than 28 that are like their main core of their roster i mean these guys have arrived and they're ready and their pitching staff we talk about the rangers some of you may remember kyle gibson he's with the orioles now but man their pitching staff is where this thing is as you might expect and they've got a solid bullpen as well. So they got some young arms and they're legit. They're, they will compete for a playoff spot. And then, I mean, Tampa's so damn good that you wonder if anybody will catch them in the East. But this is going to be an interesting weekend for the Rangers to kind of gauge again. Anytime you get a chance to, because Baltimore will be a playoff team. You get a chance for a three-game series against a playoff team.
1: True that, true that.
0: Can you win a series on the road? That would be nice. Take two out of three against them. I'll, that would be fantastic, man. We can only hope <laughs> for
1: show sure.
0: because, man, they've been fun. They're fun and they're stressful as hell to watch. But it's like
1: we talked about last time. Well, you get to the point and you're like, is lead big enough going into the seventh inning? Yeah, because one run doesn't make you one or two runs doesn't make you feel good.
0: Yeah. And then you kind of realize, you know, I was saying that the other day when we talked about it on the podcast and then. You know, I have a couple of friends who are really into baseball in the Birmingham area, and they'll sit here and ask, like, okay, well, man, the Rangers are really good. What do you think? And I said, it's interesting. And then, you know, one of them was like, yeah, their bullpen's trash, though. I said, it is, but also we knew it would be, and I don't think anybody expected the team to be quite this good. So it really right. shines a light on the part of the team that isn't that we already knew wasn't going to be. And they'll address it, man. I, I fully expect they said their stated goal was to make the playoffs this year. I fully expect if if they close out these these last six games against Baltimore and Detroit and they're where we think that they will be, June's going to be a month that, okay, who's out there that we can start looking at and, and what kind of moves do we want to make? Because you don't want to waste a season like this if you get a chance to get into the postseason. Nope, not at all. Because as we've seen in Major League Baseball, in very recent years, Yes, I know the Dodgers and the Astros have, have dominated and had some titles. We've also seen not that long ago the Royals and a couple of other wild card teams, the Phillies, get in that weren't that dominant in the postseason and find ways to win championships. You just got to get in. And in today's modern baseball, especially if DeGrom's healthy come playoff right. time, Rangers get in, man. I, I take the chances with that staff. But again, that's oh, way in the well, future, but you gotta build you gotta have a bullpen you can go to.
1: No, that's that's really what I was talking about, bro, yeah. in, in the sense that you don't want you wanna take advantage of it because um they have the staff to compete in the in the playoffs. And that's what you like and you know, don't worry about the bullpen right now. Just worry about the staff and the lineup. Those two things can compete. And then because you don't need as many starters, some of those guys can help you in the middle innings and you can make it happen. Um, so, no, it's you don't want to get fully engaged yet, but it's time to start thinking about the possibilities.
0: Indeed it is. And so with that, we will roll out on into the holiday weekend again. We will not have a podcast next Monday or Wednesday. You won't hear from us again until the beginning of June. So fear not. We will be back. We, of course, will have podcasts in the month of June through all of that but just taking a couple of days off to enjoy our holiday weekend which i hope everybody does it's the start of summer seems like everybody does something for memorial day it's like i was talking to a couple of people i have two friends going to the beach i have a friend going i don't even know where and then we're going to dallas I was like man everybody just it's like memorial day comes and everybody just does something for memorial day
1: bro any any excuse to get out and be about the people you need to take advantage of it. Yeah, cuz I was is one thinking of those moments.
0: this is why so it, I mean we're at the end of May. I have not been charged for a single day off yet this year.
1: You better hurry up and go get them, bro.
0: Right. So that was my thing of okay, I can use this around Memorial Day and I can take a couple extra days and extend that day and I'm getting that free day, which is why cuz I'm taking 3 days off this weekend and then Memorial Day gives me that like a free fourth day. And I'll probably do this around July 4th, too, because they gave us two days off for July 4th this year.
1: Oh, fantastic.
0: So I was like, well, I'll use a couple days around then and extend that weekend into another massive weekend. So hell yeah, you got to time it and use them right, man. We will talk to you guys in June. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you next. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas.